Hi, ParCast listeners. It's Vanessa with some incredible news. You can purchase your copy of our book, Cults, Inside the World's Most Notorious Groups and Understanding the People Who Joined Them, available now at parcast.com slash cults. Cults is an expanded look at the people who led and followed the most radical groups in history, with an unflinching exploration into what happens when the most vulnerable recesses of the mind are twisted into the lowest forms of malevolence. Details not featured on our podcasts. We're so proud to bring you this fantastic compilation of stories, and we're forever grateful for your support. Without you, none of this would be possible, so thank you. Visit parcast.com slash cults to order your copy of Cults, Inside the World's Most Notorious Groups and Understanding the People Who Joined Them. That's parcast.com slash cults to order today. Something to note, Paradise Lost is one of the most influential epic poems of all time. For this adaptation, we've restructured the story and supplemented it with additional research into the literary influences of John Milton. It may not be the version you're familiar with, but we hope you enjoy it. And be warned, today's episode contains depictions of violence, warfare, and sexual content, including incest. Please exercise caution for listeners under 13. The angel lay in agony in darkness. The air hung heavy with unbearable heat, making breathing impossible. Heavy adamantine chains bound his arms and legs, shackling him to a fire he could not see. His six bloody and tattered wings thrashed against the metal restraints. A deep scar marked his entire right side, running from his hip to his shoulder. He spoke, voice hoarse with anguish and defeat. I was divine once. I had a special place in heaven. (laughs) The bright morning star set comfortably in the sky... Before any of you, before you humans walked the land, before your creator kicked you out of paradise. You wish to hear the story of your kind, of how the first humans fell from grace? Their story is my story. I, who the Almighty hurled headlong flaming from the ethereal sky, with hideous ruin and combustion, down to bottomless perdition. I, who dared defy the omnipotent two arms. Look skyward, beyond this hopeless darkness, beyond the yet unmade earth. There is heaven. There is where my story began. (laughs) 
Welcome to Mythology, a Spotify original from Parcast. Every Tuesday, we present dramatic stories from ancient mythology and explore their origins. I'm your host and narrator, Vanessa Richardson. You can find all episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. Today, we begin the story of Paradise Lost. Like Dante Alighieri's Divine Comedy, this epic poem is primarily known as a Christian work. However, its roots are more complex than many realize. Written in the late 17th century by British author and statesman John Milton, Paradise Lost is one of history's most influential pieces of mythological writing. Borrowing from Beowulf, the Iliad and the Aeneid, Milton created a narrative that reshaped the worlds of both literature and religion. He began in the classic tradition by invoking a muse and stated the purpose of his work was this. That I may justify the ways of gods to man. In our four-part dramatization, we'll bring the story to life through the lens of its most infamous character, the fallen angel, Satan. Although Satan existed in Christian mythology long before this, Paradise Lost was what codified our modern vision of him. Before, he was an enigmatic figure lingering in the margins of biblical stories. Now, in Paradise Lost, he becomes a romantic hero in his own mind, charismatic, passionate, and above all else, vengeful. Milton's narrative begins with Satan already fallen, chained to a lake of fire for rebelling against God. What actually transpired on the plains of heaven is revealed slowly throughout the story, told from many perspectives. For this episode, we've combined these flashbacks into one linear narrative, following Lucifer's rebellion from its inception to the chaos that followed. Coming up, a disillusioned angel hatches a dangerous plot. Hear that? It's the sound of someone whacking the ground with a rake. Specifically, they're beating around the bush, which we've done enough of in this ad too, so let's get right to it. The new moneymaker scratch-off from the Ohio Lottery doesn't beat around the bush. Money maker. Play the game and you could win money, up to $2 million. With more than $88 million in prizes, ranging from $50 to $500, Moneymaker cuts right to the cash. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. There's a new class of blockbuster drugs. Drugs like Ozempic. They're changing bodies. And all of a sudden, just the weight starts falling off. Fortunes. It just got too expensive. They're just bank breakers. And industries. There was a lot of excitement. There was a lot of skepticism. The impact of these drugs from business to health is just beginning. From the journal, Trillion Dollar Shot. Find it in the journal feed wherever you get your podcasts. You have heard many tales of gods and goddesses, of potent and powerful beings, each belonging to different worlds. There was a time, long before the dawn of humanity, when they all lived in the heavens together. Moloch reveled alongside Uriel. Jupiter boasted to Raphael. Osiris toasted with Beelzebub. Evening was falling over the shining plains of heaven. It was the dawn of a great celebration. The Almighty had added a new and glorious creation to their ranks. 
The angels danced like stars about a central mountain, planets and celestial bodies falling in and out of each other's orbits. Sweet nectar passed from goblet to goblet. The seraph Gabriel raised his drink high. <laughs> Cheers to our newest cousin. <laughs> May his presence make this kingdom the very greatest in the cosmos. The angels cheered, celebrating the glowing figure in their midst. He was called simply the Son of God, a title so momentous that its owner needed no name. The angels toasted him and raised their voices in song, all but one, one who kept to the edges of the field, sitting with his eyes cast towards the mountain's peak, no one noticed him, save for the angel Abdiel, a dear companion of this lonely creature. Pouring a second goblet of nectar, Abdiel alighted near the solemn one. Lightbringer! Lucifer! Why are you so glum? Tis a joyous day! Look up there. What do you see? Abdiel followed his companion's gaze to the mountaintop. Dark storm clouds circled the peak, illuminated by intermittent flashes of lightning. I see the throne of heaven? Abdiel, you are mistaken. You see the clouds the omnipotent one has gathered around his throne to render him invisible. You do not see his seat. You see the mountain on which he sits. That sounds like splitting hairs to me. Oh, what's wrong? It's nothing. A small headache. Seraphim do not get headaches. Tell me, what's wrong? I don't know. Ever since the birth of that... that son, I felt ill at ease. It's not entirely rational, I know, but I cannot shake this... feeling... I think... I think I want to leave, Abdiel. Leave? What are you talking about? Heaven. God's kingdom. I have served here for... well, for my entire existence. I was one of the first Seraphim, the Almighty's personal attendant. And as our ranks have swelled, our Creator has grown more and more distant. He doesn't talk to us anymore, doesn't trust us with knowledge of His great powers. Now he's creating a new son he can confide in. Lucifer, are you jealous? Why shouldn't I be? We are his first creations and he treats us like minions. Don't you ever wonder what you would do if you weren't created only to serve? Lucifer, I... No, I don't. He made us. He gave us our purpose. From the highest of the seraphim to the lowest archangels. To question that is unthinkable. Besides, why would anyone want more than this? Abdiel gestured to the field before them, impossibly verdant grasslands shifting in the gentle breeze. What streets there were glinted in the starlight, soft gold, cool to the touch, and pleasant to walk upon. In the distance, planets of deepest blue and rusty red reflected their light back onto the plains. Lucifer looked upon it all, and he felt no awe. Instead, the throbbing in his head grew in intensity. 
Oh, it feels like my head is about to split open. Let's take this to Gabriel. I'm sure he... No, no. Gabriel cannot help. Like you said, Seraphim don't get headaches. I think I need some time away. Away from God, away from his son. Maybe I could build my own realm. A place where angels can use their powers to reshape the heavens. Where the power of creation isn't limited only to the Almighty. <laughs> that sounds marvelous, doesn't it? You can't mean this. An angel has never abandoned their duties before. Please, Abdiel. If it distresses you so, forget I ever said it. Just for my sake. Do not tell anyone. Not Gabriel or Michael or Raphael. They will take it as a sign of rebellion. If it's not rebellion, what is it? Curiosity. Lucifer smiled and leaned close, laying a reassuring hand on Abdiel. Abdiel could feel his worry melting away as Lucifer fell into his embrace. Lucifer spoke no more of rebellion that night, and Abdiel did not press him. Abdiel loved Lucifer more than any other angel in heaven. He hoped his affection alleviated the pain in Lucifer's head and the dangerous thoughts that came with it. The two angels passed through the barriers of each other's skin, mixing easier than air with air, soul with soul. For that brief evening, Abdiel thought that Lucifer's strange affliction had passed. He was mistaken. Lucifer awoke the next morning before any of his brethren. Ambition had taken root in his mind. Ambition that not even his dearest companion could shake. Ambition that had to be shared. Hello, Beelzebub. May I have a word? <sighs> I see why they call you the morning star. What do you want? Last night, I noticed you looked hmm, askance at the announcement of our king's new son. Wait just a minute, Lucifer, if you are implying Don't that... Don't be so skittish, my friend. I do not intend to chastise you. In fact, I have a proposition I would like you to hear. Lucifer spoke first to a cherub named Beelzebub. From there, he began to spread the word among other heavenly beings, the ones who, like him, had ambitions of their own. Dagon, how would you like a watery kingdom over which you can rule? Not mere rivers, but oceans deep and full of creatures. Moloch, I have seen that when any angel cuts himself, you look away. Quickly, ooh, but not quickly enough for me to miss the desire in your eyes. You long for conflict and strife. Join me, and you may be general of my new army. Lucifer the Lightbringer was clever. He knew which individuals he could approach and which would object to his radical ideas. He addressed the secret wishes of each one, speaking to them not like they were angels, but like they were gods. Under him, they would have dominions of their own, a more satisfying life than their current ruler would ever provide. 
Propelled by his six wings, Lucifer flew north. At his heels were as many angels as there were lights in the sky. They traveled far from the center of heaven, and there on a high hill, they built their new home. The Palace of Lucifer was a magnificent structure of diamond and gold, with pyramids and towers rising into the sky. The angels Lucifer brought were great craftsmen and visionaries, finally able to use their long-stifled abilities. Lucifer stood atop the highest tower, watching over his new kingdom with glee. Abdiel alighted beside him, concern coloring his divine features. Lucifer, I have something you need to hear. Abdiel, I am so glad you could join us. Look at this. I've made a new discovery. It looks like ground-up rock. Ah, oh, smells too. Lucifer, we need to talk. Ah, it may look like sand, but watch as I apply this fire to it. Look at that! A powder that explodes! Isn't that clever, Abdiel? And this is just the beginning. Just think of all the inventions we can dream into being when we're free. Oh, Lucifer, you have to stop. What? Why? The Council of Seraphim have heard of this kingdom of yours. There's talk that you have betrayed your sacred duties. Oh, my head. Ah, betrayed? I gave these angels a voice and a domain. None shall want for anything. They are free. They don't see freedom here. They see your pride. Are you speaking for the Council of Seraphim or for yourself? We both just want what's best. You have noble ideals, Lucifer, but going off on your own like this, it does not look good. I need you to see reason. (laughs) There is no reason in blind obedience. Please, I beg of you, come before the Council of Seraphim. (sighs) I cannot say no to you, Abdiel. Go ahead, let them know I wish to speak with them. Lucifer watched Abdiel go, a weight in his heart. The fact that Abdiel could not see the wisdom in his new kingdom bothered him more than he was willing to admit. Even as his new companions sang his praises, called him regent, he still felt himself ache to have Abdiel by his side. He found himself wishing for the angel's comfort as his head continued to throb, now accompanied by a horrible itching. On the other side of heaven, the Council of Seraphim met in an open amphitheater, moss-covered stone seats rising from the hillside. Each stood vigilant, their six wings stretched wide, watching Lucifer enter. Gabriel was at the forefront, his proud face upturned as Lucifer bowed low. Greetings, fellow Seraphim. I... Where's Abdiel? He will not be joining us. We feared he could not be objective regarding our judgment. Judgment already, is it? Only my creator can judge me. Where is he? Off with his new son, I'm guessing? They have more important matters to attend to. Of course that's what they told you. 
This son of his was created with one purpose, and that was to keep the knowledge of creation from us, his angels. We who have served the Almighty for centuries. Our Creator fears what would happen if one of us were to challenge him. You're speaking treason, Morningstar. It is our duty to protect the wisdom of the King of Kings. Ah, but who gave us that duty? Did anyone here get a choice? Hmm? Who here chose his duty? We were made to be angels, and for our skill and power, our king promoted us to Seraphim, the first sphere of heaven. And yet, even after all that, he will not confide in any of us the way he confides in his new brat. Not all of us desire that place, Lucifer. But don't we deserve it, Gabriel? Is our fate to act as mindless pawns to our own creator? Are we to be his slaves forever? The amphitheater was silent. Not a wing stirred around Lucifer. Even Gabriel's gaze shifted away, not willing to meet his challenger's eyes. Brothers, you hear the sense in my words. You know that I... Ah! Pain exploded behind Lucifer's eyes, and he fell to his knees. The world before him flickered and pulsed with heat. The Seraphim retreated in alarm. Some took to the sky, flying away as fast as they could. Some stayed and stared with horror at Lucifer. Lucifer returned Gabriel's terrified gaze. In the eyes of the Seraph, he saw his own reflection and what had made the council flee before him. The left side of his head was on fire. Coming up, Lucifer brings destruction to heaven. Hi, listeners. It's Vanessa. I'm so excited to tell you that our first book is on sale now. This is such a big moment for the whole ParCast family, and we can't wait for you to read it. It's called Cults. Inside the World's Most Notorious Groups and Understanding the People Who Join Them. And you can purchase it today by visiting parcast.com slash cults. This is a passion project years in the making and only made possible by you. With your support, we've been able to get back to our storytelling roots. This time with a wealth of research and insights under our belt and intimate details not covered on our podcast before. Shame, exploitation, power... Cults unfolds the many motives behind groups like Nexium, Heaven's Gate, The People's Temple, and more, revealing eye-opening details which will surprise even the most devoted true crime fan. Visit parcast.com cults to order your copy of Cults, Inside the World's Most Notorious Groups and Understanding the People Who Join Them. That's parcast.com cults. And on behalf of everyone here at ParCast, thank you for joining us on this journey. We hope you enjoy. Now back to the story. Lucifer was in agony. The Council of Seraphim had become an inferno around him. Angels flew into the sky, fleeing in terror as flames poured from his skull. The headache that had been building steadily for the past few days had erupted like a volcano. 
right as Lucifer defended himself to the Council of Angels. Lucifer felt an excruciating crack at the base of his skull. Then, just as quickly as it began, the pain ceased. Lucifer fell forward onto his hands, gasping in relief. What is that? There, standing amidst the shocked and confused seraphim, was a goddess. She was armored, shield and sword in hand, a statuesque beauty unlike anything heaven had seen before. Fire blazed at her feet, but it did not touch her. What have you done, Lucifer? That is unnatural. It is a sin. (sighs) That is what creation looks like, my brother. You knew this would happen? Instinctually, perhaps. I could feel her coming to life in my mind, though I didn't yet know what she was. There is no saving you, Lucifer. I will tell the Almighty of your crimes. (laughs) Please do! Tell him he's not the only creator in heaven anymore! Gabriel snorted with disgust and took to the sky. Soon, all were gone but Lucifer and his creation. What is your name, fair one? Sin, he called me. I quite like that name. Mm, You seem to have caused quite a stir, my dearest Sin. And this pleases you? (sighs) Immeasurably. Lucifer felt drawn to this goddess in a way he had never felt before. He pulled Sin toward him, their lips met, and once again the heavens shook. The skies flashed with lightning as Lucifer stripped the armor from Sin, and the two of them fell into each other's arms. Lucifer's love with Abdiel had been pure and angelic. With Sin, it was something else entirely— Physical, strenuous, almost painful. A sensation entirely alien to an angel. He loved it. The flames created a cocoon around their bodies, and they lay within them, catching their breath. (laughs) So, what do you want, Sin? You are no angel. You have no duty to your creator. If you wish to be free of me, just say the word. I want... I want to rain chaos down on those who looked at me with horror. As you wish. As he waited for the council to end, the angel Abdiel felt something change in the air of heaven. He smelled smoke, not the warm fires of celebratory torches, but the stench of burning flesh. Not a moment later, he saw a great storm of wings overhead. It was the seraphim, fleeing like scared birds from their council. Abdiel's worry grew as he looked for Lucifer in the air. When he found Lucifer, the angel was on foot, walking calmly. By his side was a woman, tall, statuesque, and noble. 
Angels could assume any physical appearance they like, but she, she was no angel. She was something new. Lucifer, what happened? I am reborn. Abdiel, meet Sin. Sin? Where did she come from? I created her, like our king created his son. Lucifer, you aren't making any sense. Why did the Seraphim flee the meeting? Do not call me by that name anymore. Call me Ha-Satan. If Gabriel wishes to see me as an adversary, that's what I'll become. No. What? Lucifer, you can't mean that. L let me talk to Gabriel. I'll tell him about your headache. You haven't been thinking clearly. Oh, I've never been so sure in my life, Abdil. Sin was inside me this whole time. And when I let her out... Oh, <laughs> I found who I was meant to be. With a flourish, Satan took to the air, his six wings beating a current against the ground. Sin followed below him, running with a speed that matched his. Abdil watched for a moment, uncomprehending. Then he followed. By the time Abdil caught up, the palace of Lucifer was full to bursting with angels of all ranks. Seraphim, cherubim, thrones, powers, and virtues. But instead of their normally pristine garments, they wore crudely wrought armor, some adorned with jewels and colorful ensigns. The stench of gunpowder filled the air. This was not a peaceful meeting. This was a war council. My people, the time has come to take our independence by force. Gabriel and the Seraphim have proclaimed us traitors, which leaves us with no other option. Abdiel blanched. He pushed his way through the crowd, cutting himself on their jagged armor. Finally, he was in the eye of the storm. He called out, Please stop this! There has to be a path without violence! You were not there, Abdil. You did not see the way Gabriel looked at Sin. That does not mean he would destroy her. Of course it does. My very presence is an affront to the Almighty's dominance. War is Satan's only option. No, Lucifer. His name is Lucifer. The Seraph I know wouldn't do this. He is good deep down and smarter than I'll ever be. He knows there is no going back from something like this. You are right, Abdil. There is no going back. Are you with us or against us? Abdil looked from Satan to Sin and back again. There was no warmth in Satan's eyes, none of the morning star he'd loved. Sin had hardened his heart. You may have given up, Lucifer, but I have not. I will speak to Gabriel. I will ask him to let you live in peace in your corner of the heavens. You are a fool, and you will die a fool's death. 
Sin swung her sword toward Abdil's throat. Abdil closed his eyes, waiting for the blow to connect. It did not. When he opened them, he saw Sin's blade had stopped mere inches from his throat, held in place by Lucifer's bare right hand. Lucifer's angelic blood dripped down his knuckles and onto Abdiel's chest. Go. We will not stop you. Abdiel turned and launched himself into the air. If he was to prevent war, he would have to move fast. All night he flew, not stopping to rest. The plains of heaven seemed different somehow, dangerous and wild and dark. Finally, he arrived at the throne of heaven, the stormy mountain peak where the Almighty ruled. Something was amiss. Day and night spun freely on the axis of this great mountain, plunging the hillside in and out of darkness. At its base, Abdiel saw what looked like a silver sea glinting at each pass of the sun. He gasped when he realized what it was. Armor. The angels were dressed for war. Abdiel dove towards them. Gabriel, there you are. What's going on? The armies of heaven are assembling to march on the adversary and crush his rebellion. The adversary? Listen, Gabriel, Lucifer may be misguided, but he can be reasoned with. Do not worry, Abdiel. We forgive you for your role in his rebellion. I... What? Clearly you have seen the error of your ways and come to join us. Michael is in command of this legion. Go speak to him for your appointment. This has to stop! Abdiel, we have no choice in the matter. Your dear friend has broken the laws of heaven. He must be punished. God has already given the order. He gave Michael and I command. There doesn't have to be war. Lucifer must be stopped. You know this. If you were not with us, you were with him. Choose, Abdiel. I am with you. Thousands upon thousands of angels went forth. Some marched in the vanguard, others soared overhead, spears and arrows ready to rain down on their foes. It was not long before the horizon grew dark with Satan's forces, an army girded not in modest silver, but in garish brass and platinum. The armies stopped outside of arrow range, staring at each other across the pristine fields. Satan rode a chariot ahead of his army, armored in glittering adamant and gold. Beside him rode his general, Moloch, and his advisors, Sin and Beelzebub. Look at them, the red right hand of God come to plague us. They seem equal to our number. It will be a hard fight. Do not doubt your strength, Regent. We will be at your side. No. Let Moloch direct this butchery. 
I need you, Sin, to return to my palace. We have a backup plan already in motion, should we not carry the day. Yes, my lord. Sin departed, vanishing into the waves of soldiers. Satan turned to face the heavenly legions, which lined the horizon as far as his eye could see. I wish to speak with the Seraph Abdiel! Satan's voice carried across the field. After a moment of silence, the silvery rows of angels parted. Abdiel stepped forward, armored like his fellows. The two of them met in the center of the great field, their armies behind them like a pair of mighty storm clouds. You look good. This armor suits you. Gold always was my color. The Almighty wants you thrown into Tartarus, you know. (laughs) I suspected as much. Don't do this, Lucifer. Your people love you. They would back down if you commanded it. How about you, Abdiel? Would you back down if I commanded it? I, I, I don't know you anymore. This creature, Sin, it has infected your mind. No, Abdiel. Sin is me. She has always been me. The Lucifer you loved was a performance, a pantomime. I feel better now than I have in my whole life. Was my love worth nothing? You were a balm to my pain. Not a cure. Goodbye, Abdiel. And with that, Satan turned his back on Abdiel and flew to his army. He alighted in his chariot where Beelzebub handed him his helm. What did he say, Regent? He said we're going to hell. (laughs) I bet he did. Let's test the power of heaven, shall we? Angels! With me! For the Almighty! Both armies of heaven charged towards each other. Flaming arrows filled the air. Trumpets and war cries drowned out all other sounds. Satan outpaced his entire army, sword lifted over his head, shield shining like the full moon. Satan crashed headlong into the angel ranks, cutting down scores of foes with each blow. Beside him, Moloch whooped with glee, finally able to indulge in the violence that he craved. Between each blow, Satan searched for Abdiel, but saw no one he recognized, until his gaze alighted on another angel, hewing through the golden army with a two-handed sword. It was not Abdiel or even Gabriel. It was Michael, the general of heaven's armies. Satan's grin spread wide. These lesser angels were no fun cut down in droves. Michael would be a far more substantial challenge. You will have to do. (laughs) Turn, Michael! Satan swung his sword at Michael. The angel blocked one blow, then the next. I know what you're thinking, Michael. 
You're thinking you can end this rebellion with a single stroke! I admire your optimism! Michael did not reply. He instead squared his feet and swung his sword low at Satan's right. Satan lowered his own to parry it, but Michael's sword was stronger. Satan's blade shattered. Michael continued unimpeded, slicing through Satan's armor and into his abdomen. Satan stumbled backward, clutching his gut, eyes bulging in surprise. Thick, viscous blood poured through the riven chest piece of his armor, and he fell backwards onto the ground. He did not lie still for long. He felt himself rising as if on a bed of clouds, drifting backward away from the angel who had struck him. Through eyes bleary with tears, he saw the shields of his allies carrying him like a bed to safety. They set him gently into his chariot. Fall back. Retreat. Back to my palace. Now! Satan's army receded, but to his surprise, the angels did not pursue. They stood on the field, watching their opponents retreat. Through his agony, Satan heard the voice of Beelzebub at his side. Why aren't they following us? We must have done enough damage that they will not risk a siege. A rebellion survives another day. Coming up, Satan attempts a counterattack. Now back to the story. The first day of the war in heaven had devastated Satan's forces. He himself lay in agony, cut deeply by the angel Michael's sword. Blast that heaven-tempered blade! I should have known. By his side stood his advisor, Beelzebub. Sin, the warrior woman born from his heretical thoughts, stroked his cheeks. There, there. Your wound is healing. By tomorrow, you will be well. (sighs) What is the state of our forces? In disarray. But they will rally. How did Moloch fare? Badly. They say he met Gabriel on the field, who overpowered him and dragged him behind his chariot. Moloch lives yet, but in great agony, with both of his arms broken. (laughs) I know how he feels. What news of Abdil? Was he slain? No, Regent. According to my scouts, he slew a number of ours. Ramiel, Ariel, Ariok. As far as we know, he remains unscathed. Get off my sight! If there is no good news, my energy is better spent making plans! As you command. (sighs) There is no victory in an open battle. No, but there is another way. While you fought in the field, Nisroch and Mammon were conducting their experiments as you instructed. The results have been... promising. Show me. The morning sun dawned early the next day. 
the army of heaven gathered on the battlefield waiting for their foes. Their armor was clear and unblemished. To look at them, you wouldn't even know they'd been fighting the day before. At the head of the army stood the seraphim Gabriel, Michael, and Abdiel. Abdiel held his sword ready, watching the horizon intently. Where is he? Ha! The traitor doesn't even show his face today. Virtues! Archangels! Forward! Gabriel, wait! Wouldn't it be wise to send a scouting party? I'm warning you, Abdiel. Your affection for Satan is unbecoming. Oh, it's not affection. Gabriel, you don't know him like I do. I don't care to know him. He is a traitor and will be cast down. Forward! The angelic army marched across the plains, their trumpets already sounding a victorious hymn. Soon they had crossed all the way to the palace of Lucifer. There, pressed tightly against the outer walls of the stronghold, Satan's army was waiting. Before them were strange contraptions the heavenly angels had never seen before. They looked like hollow towers laid on their sides, with four wooden wheels on each. Beside each of these devices, a seraph stood with a torch held aloft. Satan stood on a high wall above his army, where he spread his arms and wings wide. Heaven! We have heard your trumpets from across the field! Listen closely, for we have an overture of our own! What are those strange devices? Oh, that smell. I I know that smell. Gabriel, pull your men back now! Open fire! At Satan's word, the fuses were lit and fire belched forth from his newly constructed cannons. The scene exploded before Abdiel. Burning cannonballs tore through the angelic armor like it was paper. The angels fell over one another in terror and confusion. Some attempted to fly, only to be struck by debris and sent spinning back to the earth. Retreat! Retreat! Abdiel fled with the other angels, risking a single glance over his back. Satan was a speck on the horizon, but his voice carried across the hills. You will never be rid of us! Go back to the Almighty and his son! Tell them that Satan is here to stay! The mood at Satan's palace later was triumphant. The victory felt decisive, their inventions so ingenious and destructive that no holy host would ever overcome them. Satan shared in their joy, but quietly he felt unsettled. He stood on the battlements above his cannons and stared out onto the destroyed fields, waiting for his foe to reappear. Sin slipped up beside him, her fingers caressing his freshly healed wounds. Do you think he survived? Abdiel? I couldn't possibly say. Angels are hard to destroy. (sighs) 
I wish he was by my side. <laughs> to reign here with him would be paradise. You could have let me kill him. I'm not in the mood for jokes, Sin. You did the right thing. Abdil could not see the beauty in you. He wanted the version of you that was rigid, restrained by his rules. To him, you will always be Lucifer, the Morning Star. To us, you are something far greater. What's that? With a flap of his wings, Satan lifted himself and Sin off the battlements and landed by their artillery. Beelzebub, do you hear that? I do. It sounds like an avalanche. A light appeared on the horizon, a solitary figure glowing brighter than any angel Satan had ever seen. It was the Son of God, the being whose creation inspired Satan's rebellion. Ah, finally willing to get your hands dirty, eh? The figure did not respond. It only lifted its hands over its head. Then it disappeared below the horizon. No, the horizon rose to cover him. He was raising the very mountains into the air. The uplifted earth covered the sky and plunged down onto the heads of Satan and his allies. Satan fought to escape the crushing darkness. Dirt and rocks filled his mouth. Every command he shouted was swallowed by debris. Finally, he clawed his way to the surface. The plane was empty. Everything, his army, his cannons, his palace itself were gone. Sin? Beelzebub? Moloch? Where are you? A light appeared once more, glowing so bright that it stung his eyes. A voice spoke, and its words filled Satan with fear. They have been cast down. A hand reached out, impossibly bright, and touched Satan on the forehead. Satan lost all sensation. All he could see were blurs of motion, light, and color. All he could feel was that he was falling. Heat churned around him. His ears burst from the pressure. He opened his mouth to scream, but could hear nothing. Then, darkness. Satan's eyes fluttered open on a world of rock and shadow. Chains encircled him, pinning him to burning heat. He was in some sort of crater. No, a lake. A lake of black fire, searing whatever it touched. He struggled against his chains until there was no strength left in his limbs. He could feel the fire start to reshape his form, stinging and burning. 
time no longer meant anything. It was all just a cycle of pain and struggle and pain. I was divine once. I had a special place in heaven. The bright morning stars set comfortably in the sky. Ah, uh, Satan, is that you? Satan blinked. It wasn't as if his eyes adjusted to the dark. It was more like the dark withdrew in order to let him see. Around him was a sea of bodies, chained to the lava like him. His army, the survivors of his coup. Closest to him, he saw Beelzebub writhing in pain. Who are you speaking to? No one. Myself. Can you get your chains to budge at all? There's no point. We are defeated. Your rebellion has failed. Perhaps one day we may return. They may show us mercy. <laughs> what, what is so funny? There's no return to heaven, Beelzebub. <laughs> Farewell, happy fields where joy forever dwells. <laughs> Hail horrors. Hail infernal world. You cannot mean to make a home here. This is a prison, Satan. No, my friend. The prison is your mind. The mind in itself can make a heaven of hell, a hell of heaven. Here, we can be free. Satan pulled, straining against his chains. The adamantine links were strong, but they were nothing to his determination. The chains gave way and Satan launched into the air, six wings spread wide against the coal black dome overhead. Better to reign in hell than serve in heaven. Thanks again for tuning into Mythology. Next week, in part two of Paradise Lost, we'll see how Satan recovers from his crushing defeat and makes his return to heaven. You can find more episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. If you enjoy Mythology, you'll love my other podcast, Tales. Tales presents fairy tales the way they were originally told, orally and unadulterated. Every Wednesday, we dive into the dark origins of another classic fable. We'll be back next week with the next part of this epic story. 
Mythology is a Spotify original from Parcast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler. Sound design by Brian Golub, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, and Carly Madden. This episode of Mythology was written by Robert Teamstra, edited by Molly Quinlan and Andrew Kelleher, fact-checked by Haley Milliken, researched by Adriana Gomez, and produced by Freddie Beckley. The amazing cast of voice actors includes Jerry Courtney Austin, Brian Green, Cameron Nicod, and Laith Walshleger. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Listeners, remember to visit parcast.com slash cults to order your copy of our first book, Cults, Inside the World's Most Notorious Groups and Understanding the People Who Joined Them. It's on sale today, and I can't wait for you to dive in. Nexium, The Branch Davidians, Heaven's Gate, and more. Cults takes you beyond the headlines for an intimate look at the sordid beginnings and deadly ends of the most radical groups in history. Details never heard on our show before. If you love our cult series or any of our true crime podcasts, this book is for you. Without your loyalty and support, none of this would be possible. So we truly hope you enjoy. Visit parcast.com slash cults to order your copy of Cults, Inside the World's Most Notorious Groups and Understanding the People Who Joined Them. It's on sale and ready to read right now. Order today at parcast.com slash cults. 